I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Kathy Burke believes that leadership potential rests within every person, every community, and every organization. It just needs to be activated. Kathy works with people in organizations throughout the world to help them develop a leader's mindset. In her previous life as Australian CEO and Global Vice President of the Hunger Project, Kathy transformed mindsets and developed leaders as the foundation of her work in villages around the world. Even in the most difficult conditions, time and again, people without anything were able to tap into the power of their mindset to achieve remarkable outcomes in their communities. So in this season where I'm revealing what goes on behind the scenes in the work that we do, I thought it pertinent to talk about some of the personal development that I have done recently that supports my growth as a human, but also as a business owner and of course within my profession as a marketer. I do so much professional development because as marketers, there is always something new to learn. It's an ever-changing industry, so there's plenty of innovation to stay up to date with. And of course, there's different perspectives to be exposed to and always people that you can learn from. As a small business owner, well, you know the drill. There's so much to learn how to do. I think that professional development will continue forever. However, recently, I've actually felt that any stagnation or any hurdles that were facing me in my profession and in my business were not actually due to a lack of business and marketing skills they've actually been due to a lacking mindset. I constantly feel like I'm not enough. (laughs) I have suffered from imposter syndrome, but that's getting much better now. I undervalue myself. I occasionally self-sabotage. And as I found out by doing Kathy's Rising program, I hosted a myriad of thoughts that kept me small. Having now completed Kathy's Rising program, I am now aware of the significant role of mindset. In fact, I'd even go as far to say that in hindsight, if I knew then what I know now, I would not have even bothered spending any money on any of my other development until I had got my mindset in the right spot. So in this episode, Kathy beautifully explains the role that mindset can play to help you lead a bigger life. So allow me to introduce you to the magnificent Kathy Burke. Hello, Kathy, and welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Hi, Jane. Great to be here. Oh, it's so good to be here. I agree. And I'm just going to put a little bit of context. I have already introduced you, but I just want to put a little bit of context around how I how I came across you because, honestly, you've made such an impact in my life, And but it's been quite a journey and it's quite a relevant journey to this conversation. So, First came across your work when you were CEO of The Hunger Project, which is an organisation committed to the sustainable end to world hunger for those people who haven't heard of it. And that was actually through the work you were doing, I think, with Business Chicks at the time with their immersion tours, etc. So you caught my eye and The Hunger Project caught my eye at that point and I was really intrigued. And then last year in COVID when everything locked down, you presented this amazing session with Business Chicks And it was all about that mindset and leadership piece. And again, I was so captivated by the concepts that you were teaching. And then I think you spoke about your Unlikely Leaders book, um, which documents some of the stories of this leadership and mindset and how you kind of use that within the Hunger Project. So I kind of bought that book straight away and immersed myself in that as well uh, because it talked about how you you use this leadership and mind um, mindset 
in the communities that you're working with, in, with the Hunger Project. So you're going to be much better at explaining this. Can you tell people a little bit about your time with the Hunger Project and what, experience, what that experience taught you about the, the, the role of mind, mindset in leadership? Yeah, um, I got into the Hunger Project really when I had my first child. I had heard of it beforehand, um, but I had felt overwhelmed at the thought of ending hunger. I just thought, oh, my God, that's a billion mouths to feed. That's never going to happen. It just felt too much. And so I put it to one side. And then when my daughter was born, I mean, for those of us who've parented or have kids that we love, to see them and love them so much and then to think that so many die before their first birthday and they're dying of things like diarrhoea, of the common, totally preventable stuff. And I just thought I couldn't, I couldn't like imagine that heartache and how it's played out across hundreds of millions of people. And so that's that's when I got involved. And for the first five years, I was a volunteer, Jane, and a financial investor, and I learned a lot about um, the organisation. And I had a seminal leadership experience when I went to Ethiopia for the first time in 1992. And that was probably one of the biggest mindset shifts that I'd had in my life. I was a young mum. I was from Perth. You know, I'd done a few things, but and I made a bold commitment to myself, an unwavering commitment to do what it takes to help bring about the end of hunger. And I needed to get over my small me mindset, like, who who am I to do that? I'm like, and like Perth is like back boondocks of nowheresville, as much as I still love Perth. Anyone here listening to Perth, I, I love you. Um, but I had a big enough vision, I guess, to get over my my own limiting beliefs. And then fast forward 20 years on staff with The Hunger Project and spending so much time with women and men, mainly women, who have had these beliefs that we can't do it, it's not possible, they won't listen to me, it's always been like this, nothing will ever change, it's up to the government. And to have, which all makes complete sense, but the approach that the Hunger Project took really was around shifting their mindset. So changing what they call, what psychologists call the locus of control, which is the control happens to everything outside of me, to actually claiming well, what control can I have and what power do I have? And if I was to think about this differently, what might I do? If we work together differently, what might we accomplish? And then seeing what they achieved um, you know, in their villages around ending hunger and ending child marriage. And and the first input was around mindset. And that initially blew my mind, actually, because I thought, that's a bit cruel, like like talking to a woman who's only eats like one meal a day and has never had access to education, that the, the way out is through her mindset. Yeah. Felt a little bit like almost sort of victim blaming or something. Mm. But actually, until that profound realization happened that she's more than her circumstances, she's more than her history, she's more than what people have said about her or what she said about herself, and and choose and develop a different way of seeing herself in the world, nothing changed. So when that happened, everything changed. So that that was sort of like the the big aha for me around mindsets. Yeah, and it must have been a, a huge aha. And I, and I think that is an, a, quite a um, normal reaction when people, you know, some people might not necessarily feel like it's insulting but more of a, oh, that's a bit woo-woo. Do you know what I mean? Like surely we've just got to get on the ground and operationalise. We can see the problem. We know the solution. Um, you know, particularly when Western culture steps into emerging cultures or other cultures that they perhaps don't understand, they kind of tend to just step in with solutions that have worked for their cultures and their worlds, assuming that that's the answer to to everything. So, so approaching it from a from a mindset point of view sometimes would feel a little bit unnatural for for some people. Um, so I get that, and yeah, like maybe even flippant um, as well as to oh come on, like let's not let's not worry about all the the motivation spiels, <laughs> you know. Let's just get 
let's just teach them the skills they need to know. So I can understand why there would be some curiosity as to how that mindset, that mindset set in. So, and you were saying that to actually take on that role and to start working with the Hunger Project and to get over that feeling of overwhelm, you had to address your mindset, which I imagine you did to a certain degree to actually get on board with the program and start your journey. But did you find that that was congruently helping you address your mindset as you were witnessing how it, how that mindset and the power of that mindset affected the process of this, I guess, the, the, the hunger project and the work that they were doing? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I want to just clarify something. The, the There's no Western people doing anything to any anyone. That's the traditional aid model yeah. where people go in, there's a problem, let's sort it out. What has always really spoke to me about the work of the Hunger Project is it is the local people themselves. Like the person who created and sort of identified the main mindset piece is Bangladeshi. He runs the Hunger Project in Bangladesh. He had a very amazing realisation around our people are so poor but they're actually our biggest resource, so how do we unlock that? And and so I've learned from them. Like I'm just like a... I've I've been to like the best universities in the world, like like in terms of the village classroom, if you like. Um, learning learning about how firstly the enormity of the obstacles, but then the incredible resilience and capability of of people to address them. So yeah, so <clears throat> excuse me. So that. Yeah, it's not like we're going in there to try and sort things out. That's a really old and still, unfortunately, current mindset. Yeah. But, yeah, I've I've had to learn a lot and still do, Jane. Like mindsets aren't something that you just sort of develop one and then it's with you forever. Like uh, most of our mindsets that really hold us back, and by what I mean by mindsets, there's like our limiting beliefs. It's the things that we say about ourselves. Excuse me. <clears throat> things that we say about ourselves that really sort of hold us back and they become like our label and our identity like oh I'm just shy or I'm not very confident or um I don't have the experience you know I'm too young I'm too I'm just not the sporty type um all of these labels and they come often from from childhood and things that were said to us and about us that we weren't able to filter out and so we just, we don't question them. So we just start to think, well, I am, I just don't have confidence. If I had some confidence, then I would sort of, you know, start that business or I would, you know, <clears throat> do this particular thing. And and this is really what mindsets are. They're the, they're the beliefs about ourselves or about a situation or about another person that, um that a that a a view that we have, and when the mindset is not helpful, is when that view limits what we end up doing and how we end up living in our lives. So if I have an opinion that, which I did actually for years, I was the sick one and not the sporty one because I grew up with such bad as- asthma, and so I only really started exercising like in my late forties because I'm I'm not the sporty one. So it's just. It's just, it's just my identity was, uh, I don't exercise. Yeah. And, and I just, just that mindset of being able to change it meant that I started like taking better care of my well-being and my physicality and stuff like that. So these mindsets, way of thinking about them are like the glasses that we put on, the lenses that we put on, and over time we forget we're even wearing them. But, but they choose even things like do I go on that date with that person if I have a mindset of I'm not lovable or, you know, or all the good guys are taken or the good girls are taken, I won't even go for that date. It just they li- limits everything, yeah. and so being able to see what those blockers are, and being able to then kick them to the curb, is the work of changing mindsets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in your example there, when you're talking about you had to shift your mindset from being the girl who never played sport, I'm not the sporty type because of my asthma. This, you know to now being someone who regularises, re- regularly exercises. <laughs> so sporty. Well, I've 
heard you on many occasions talk about your personal training and uh, doing that regularly. So I'm, you're totally sporty. Um, <laughs> ha- how long do you think that it kind of took you? Like, uh, so at some point you probably just went, well, I'll try exercising. Or did you go, I'm going to switch my mindset and explore exercising? Like what? What, because I can imagine, like I know myself, my mindset is my biggest enemy, Kathy. And we'll talk about the Rising program in a minute. But that Rising program just made me realise how small my mindset has kept me in so many, so many areas of my life. But I also find I'm aware of it now. I, I don't think it is easy necessarily to become aware of it. I think there's a readiness about being ready to to accept that your mindset's not necessarily the one that you need or that's serving you best or that you need to change in order to change your situation or whatever. So there's the first bit of kind of becoming aware of it, but the, the hard bit, in my opinion, is then changing it because 45 years of an identity, switching that, you know, that's not easy. No, it's not, but that's, it's not. But I think if we then develop a mindset of seeing it like a muscle or seeing it as being curious about it, exploring, and this is one of the things that I've developed a thing called the mindset process, which obviously I've done with you and, and do with others to help move through that um, and give ourselves space and time to be practising and developing something new. Like when we were little kids, you know, we started to walk and we fell down and we didn't fall down three times and go, well, shit, I'm really bad at walking. I'm never trying that again. <laughs> we just like, you know, played with it and got up and it's like starting to develop that sort of relationship to learning something new mm. and then being able to observe ourselves, judging ourselves when we don't do the thing or we fall back in old ways. It's like, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's to be expected. So it's like creating a different context for growth yeah. that isn't even a destination that you get to. It's, it's genuinely a journey of discovery and just sort of slow expansion and that over time we, you know, we end up, look back and we go, wow, yeah, like d- there was no big aha moment. And I think yeah. this is part of the problem too is that we have in our own culture this these mythologies around, you know, we've got to go big or go home. It's going to be, you know, we need to make this splash. We need to like, uh. and I also think that's a very old school, old paradigm way of seeing actually how things happen. Yeah. And I think the more that we cap- capture that expectation, that I need to have got it, you know, straight away. There's something with me that I haven't, that if I fall back into my old patterns, then oh, I'm never going to make it. It's just constantly, yeah, constantly checking it because let's face it, you've had some of your limiting beliefs, Jane, for probably 40 years, yeah. like from the age of five. Yeah. And, like, is it realistic to think, oh, I'm going to, like, practice this and then I'm going to get get myself cured? And I think that's the other thing. There's no cure to get. There's no place to get to. It's just... We're all so, um, we're just so complex and we're like a jeweled faceted being that there's so many aspects to ourselves and and all of it's actually okay. So it's not about trying to get rid of this bit about me that's not confident and if only. So we're putting all this like energy and this harshness to something that actually served me when I was younger and maybe still serves me now in some way. It keeps me safe. Yes, it keeps me small, but it keeps me safe. And this is one of the aspects of the mindset process is recognising how even the mindsets that we have that limit us and hold us back have worked for us in some way. And then we get to choose whether we still need them hanging around us or whether we can now choose somewhere else. So it's like this sort of respectful dance rather than this sort of harsh sort of fixing way to approach it. Yeah, I love it. I love that explanation. And I want to ask a further question about that, but I I want people to understand the context of how I've worked with you to kind of work through this process as well first. So 
And that's through your incredible program called Rising. So I've completed that with you with some fabulous other women from all around the globe, which was amazing as well. And I've we've literally just wrapped that up for, for the year. Just if you can tell us a little bit about this Rising program and also about what inspired you to start the program. I so actually what start what inspired me to start it was the business chicks masterclass that I did last year at the start of COVID. So Emma and Liv asked me to do, you know, I actually contacted them and I said, this is just so fucked. Yeah. What can I do? How can I help? And so they said, Would you do this? I said, sure. And there was about a thousand women on there and um we just had a really great conversation around and I just loved it. And I just, every time I do something with, with women, it's just definitely my people. It's like when I'm in the villages with women and I'm holding hands and, or I'm, I don't know, I just feel these are my people. And um, I wanted to, I've learned a lot in my journey. I've been from my own very hard fought wisdoms that I I've gained from a difficult upbringing into my into my 20s and onwards um and uh, and then what I've learned in through this incredibly unique um university as I said of learning from people who are truly able to show us what what we're capable of and have challenged me in that way and and I've got nearly over 30 years now of daily meditation and I used to run a like a wicker program. Like I've just got, I wanted to bring something together to hold a space for women to give us some skills to actually listen to the true calling of our heart. I think we get stuck on this treadmill. It's one that we often didn't necessarily choose. It kind of ended up there. And how can we navigate the untapped and unlocked potential that women have to just like create space and create like a time to like think and choose and learn in an environment that there's no judgment, there's no, you know, women are like amazingly accomplished on the program like yourself, but there's no, there's none of that. It's like recognising that we are living at a unique time in human history as women, something is arising in us to show up in a different way. We know that the way that we're currently living our lives is just we are just over it. It's And there's it, got to be a new way and there is a new way. And I led through this way myself for years of running a family, running an organisation, I've learnt some stuff along the way. And I just wanted to create like a space. So I did that last year and it went really well and so then I did it this year and it went really well and then I'll just I'm going to keep going like I so I have my corporate clients which I love but I just love holding this space for us to I just feel like once women fully own our power like really own our power like oh my oh my god what I get goosebumps thinking about it. and own our power in a way that's revelatory that's just so us, it's like we're just like these stars like bursting in the sky and we're like the river flowing to the sea. There's no pushing to it but this incredible um, unfoldment. And I do think that we as women have a different way to lead and a different thing to offer in the way that we show up for our staff, for ourselves in our relationship. We don't have much, many places to explore that in a safe way way and so that's sort of what I wanted rising for and also like women are up to stuff and want to be up to more stuff we look at what's happening in the world we look what's happening particularly for women in the world what's happening with our environmental issues we're facing our sixth next mass extinction let alone COVID and the ache in our heart is just almost we just paper over it and Netflix over it but what if we were to be present to our true yearning for wholeness and and at what's my part to play in that, whatever it is, and give women some tools and some space to have that blossom in the world. <laughs> so that's, I just thought, and it was also something I thought, shit, I would have loved to have been at that myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm in it now with you guys anyway. Yeah. 
but I would have loved to have had, and I've had some amazing teachers in my time, like the um, yeah, incredible um, luminaries in the sort of global stage have also held space for me, but not in like a sacred, intentional, but with skills and wanting to get results in the real world space. And that's what I aimed to do with Rising. Yeah, and I think you did that beautifully. And it, gosh, listening to you talk through the program and the bigger picture of that program and the vision for, for that program and what it can help unlock um, in, in females, it gives me goosebumps. And, and I truly feel having just done that, that program, that's exactly what it did. And I think your facilitation of that program, not only are you holding space and encouraging the rising of, of these females, but it's the questions that you ask and that process, you've got the nine-step process that you take people on. But, uh, like for me, I'm a doer. Like I'm, I'm someone that just does, 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 you know, right, you know, let me know what the next thing to do is or show me guidance here so I can get my bloody to-do list going and, you know, get moving. But I think this was one of the first programs where the questions that you asked were so kind of profound, they really stopped me in my tracks. And I'll go back to what you were saying about with mindsets, though they we had a reason for those mindsets. There was a reason that we thought small or the, the reason that we thought a certain way about a, a certain thing. And I remember going through that module, which was the belief module, and you asked those questions. And one of the questions that you asked, which I found really emotional, was um what what how did this how did this belief how did this this limiting mindset um keep you safe like how how did it serve you and I remember like this one particular kind of mindset that I was working through and I can't even remember what the mindset was but that was the first time I'd ever thought of a negative or a limiting mindset keeping me safe and and having a reason and it made me cry. Like it just made me cry because I thought, yeah, that, that like that that was meant to be. Like it did keep me safe, there, and and it was a safety mechanism. And yeah, I need to move on from that. But I can see and I could recognize why that did keep me me safe. And just that recognition of what that was doing to keep me safe set me free. I know I no longer felt like I had to be kept safe from that anymore but I had never ever that thought had never ever occurred to me so the power of your questions that you're asking is just it's unlocking it's just unlocking emotions it's unlocking um curiosity you know and not being stuck in the doing and the operations and the goals and the KPIs and the measurements which is where I sit for most of my life and going hang on a second is this the right way for now? Mm. Really, yeah. really, really powerful. Hey, if you are loving what you hear in this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show and you want to know how you can get some of this marketing happening in your own business, come and join me in my How To Do Marketing Academy Mastermind. You'll work directly with me and a bunch of other like-minded, motivated small business owners for 12 months. And in that time, I'll show you how to plan, implement and measure the marketing that is right for your business. The results that you can expect are that way more of the right type of people are going to come and get to know your business and your brand. You'll increase your leads, you'll increase your revenue, and best of all, you'll finish the 12 months with a complete and thorough understanding of exactly how to do marketing. Head on over to howtodomarketing.com.au to find out more. Now let's get stuck back into this episode. Why do you think, and, and having just kind of explained that and, and the power of mindsets, we've spoken quite a bit about mindsets, why do you think they're so important to humans? Because, and I asked that question, why do you think it matters? Because to so many people, mindset doesn't matter in the fact that they're not addressing it or thinking about it or being present. It's not that 
they don't think it's important. It's just that they don't prioritise a mindset. And I'll put my hands up for being someone that did that before I did your program. I just thought mindset was like, you know, yeah, whatever. All right, tick the box if I have to. If, if someone says it works, well, I'll give it a go. Why do you think it matters so much for humans' mindsets? Why should people pay more attention to them? Yeah, um, mindsets, they're not good or bad. It's just looking at the way you see the world. And us humans don't tend to think about what we're thinking, and that's a form of metacognition. We're arguably the only animals that can think about what we're thinking. And so just thinking about what you're thinking gives you a chance to see what's driving your behaviours, the decisions that you're making, and it also separates it from you as a personality because one of the things that for me about mindsets is that we get stuck on that that's just me I'm just that way. And, and so that's why we don't question them as well. Like we just say, oh, that's, that's just me. I'm just, you know, whatever. And so it just gives us the chance to question and think about things. So firstly, to notice. So am I, when I think about I've got to like speak to this client, what's my mindset about the call I'm about to make? Am I feeling, so you just notice this is the mindset process, but firstly you notice, oh, yeah, I feel a bit uptight about it. I feel a bit anxious, feel a bit nervous. Good to notice um, because that will then guide guide you. And then it's like, what am I, what am I making this mean? Because mindsets really are just the meaning we've attached to stuff. So, uh, you know, I'll, What I make it mean is if she just doesn't say yes to me as a client, then I'm going to go to hell and, you know, like you have some catastrophe outcome or, and then you just get to, oh, okay, well, you know, what's going on? Question it a bit to start to see, you know, what's happening. And then you, then I can choose a different mindset. So we always have the ability to choose. Okay, right. I'm going to actually put, I'm noticing that I'm all, I'm just going to, take a couple of deep breaths, put that to one side. I'm actually going to choose to show up present and open and curious with this in this phone call. Yeah. And then I just ring and do that. But if I'm not bringing awareness, I'm just going straight into that phone call. I'm barreling in with all of my, and I'm, I'm, I'm showing up in a way that's a bit desperate, a bit fearful, a bit whatever my, mindset was so it's just even simple things um mindsets are fundamental because they can liberate the pathway or they can block it off and mindsets are only important jane when you have a dream or a vision of something else like if i have a mindset as i want to just lie on the couch and watch netflix all night that's fine. Like that's that's. I'm not going to get any obstacle to that. Yeah. But if I if I have a vision of I want to, um, you know, I want to write my book and get it off to the editor, and that's really important to me, then just a mindset of cruising around and not paying it attention shows up as a problem. So do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like mindsets just do what mindsets do. It's only a problem if you have a particular goal that you want or a vision that you want to have. If I have a mindset that I want to, I want to be loved and I want to find a partner, um, I'll, I'll want to go on that date or I want to make that, that call, whereas, yes, yeah, so I'm probably not <laughs> ironically explaining it very well. But, yeah, they just decide everything. They decide everything, everything you say no to. And I write about this in my next book. Like when I was asked to be the CEO for the Hunger Project in Australia, I said no. I was, and it was purely mindset because I was like, oh, I'm not the sort of person who does that. Oh, I don't have the experience. I'm too young. Oh, we don't do that in Australia. We're too hierarchical or not hierarchical, you know, whatever, some bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) And it was actually my own mindset and I went back in, into the discussion and then rechange it because actually I had a small Kathy mindset and yes. and actually I needed to reinvent a mindset of me as CEO and me as CEO in a way that was authentic to me. So that was then the mindset that I chose. But if I hadn't understood mindsets, 
I, I would never have ended up doing what I ended up doing. That's how pivotal they can be to blocking off what it is your heart and your soul and your yes. future self is wanting you to experience. Yes, yes, yeah. And and I think that that um, definition and, and I guess that dif- differentiation of, yeah, the mindset doesn't matter if you're just doing something like deciding whether to turn the TV on, um, if it's if it's to achieve a bigger vision, because that's where my mindset has held held me back. And I was just actually trying to find the example because I took notes, obviously, from all your um, in, within your program. I was trying to find the belief and the mindset that you were challenging, and that I put it um, that I put it down because I thought it will perfectly illustrate the importance of mindset in the bigger picture of setting a vision and, and I can't find it quickly to be able to to um to to reference it but I know a lot of my mindset um sits around who am I to be the big you know successful business women look like this that's not what I look like you know who am I to think that I would go from this which is not my definition of of success um, to that person who seems to be doing, you know, 10 times more and they're my age. So what that says to me that, you know, I've, I've, my time's passed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. Um, and, it, you know, it's been around money, you know, charging, you know, not valuing myself enough, having imposter syndrome, people won't pay. Like my mindsets were people won't pay that much. They're in small business. Like, who am I to turn up and demand ridiculous sums of money? Like I need to come to them and make, do you know what I mean? And and because that's a bigger picture, that's bigger issues. And if I hadn't have addressed that mindset, my operations would just reflect my previous, my previous. Now, what actually I remember it now, it's coming back. So what, when you said, when you asked the question of, okay, well, how did that mindset of people won't pay that much, just keep keep giving them a solution that they'll say yes to, how has that kept you safe? And my answer was it's kept me from feeling rejection. And so for me, then I went, holy shit, why is rejection such an issue? Now, rejection is an issue for every human. But for me, it unearthed something that I had rejection in, you know, as a child, I'd had reject. So it just unearthed this whole, and I was like, holy shit, like the power of that, that's why I'm doing it because I'm protecting my heart because I've been rejected in the past by someone, you know, that I love. And, and so no wonder my body goes protect, 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 do whatever it takes to be loved, liked, yes, accepted. But when you realise that and you go, it's okay because a client saying no because you're charging what you're worth is not rejection of you personally. You know, it's rejection of the scenario. (laughs) And that's not to say Mm -hmm. that that's necessarily right or wrong, but that was the power of that, oh, God, you know, how powerful mindsets can be and how protective they can be but sometimes you need to address that and be curious about it to move on to get to my bigger vision, which is actually charge what you're worth so you can stay in business and excel mm. in business. That's such a good example because we've all been told to charge what you're worth to stay in business and without looking at our mindsets, we might go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that, mm-hmm. mm. and then we don't do it or we may think, yeah, but, but no, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm good or uh, that's fine for Murray Folio to do that, but I don't know that that's going to work for me or that kind of conversation is mindset, yeah. right? And so then it's like, first it's capturing it. So noting is like, oh, okay. And until you notice it, you'll never, you can just hear these great words, but you won't ever, they won't ever change you. And that, that's why we read like millions of self-development books but we're still reading them a filter of, well, that was fine for Steve Jobs to do that or that's fine for, you know, whoever to do that. But there's still, an, we don't even see it necessarily, but still like a, but that, that's not me. Like that's yeah. fine for Kathy to do that, but I can't really do that or that's fine for Jane to do that, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's catch, capturing the mindset. And then asking about it, it's like, like you did, like 
where that's from. And I think it points to another really important piece, Jane, is that we say mindsets, like it's got the word mind in it, but actually it's such a heart. It has to be a marrying of the head and heart. Otherwise, you're not going to get the breakthrough that you want. It's like being able to say, charge what you want or get rejected. Oh, and then feeling that that little eight-year-old girl or whatever that and there's that tenderness and it's just being able to acknowledge that it's like yeah yeah that's right that that's not creating a whole story around it or anything but just feel her and then still choose what it is that you now want and now deserve and now know you can get and now know there's no reason why this is not possible and now know that the future is not yet written and now know like there's no age to get to and then you still choose and you're taking her and that tenderness with you. You're not like abandoning it or, or just mentally. So this is the other thing about pos- uh, mindsets, Jane. It's not positive thinking. Mm. It's not saying, yes, I'm going to charge what I want and I value. But underneath you're going, but really, Kathy, is anyone really going to want to work with you? Yes, I'm da, da, da. It's such a disconnect until you can bring the two together and actually not paper over, but see the limita- limiting mindset. Oh, actually, yeah, I've got a belief that I can't, my time is done. Oh, interesting. And then you follow the mindset process. Okay, well, what, why do I have that belief and how's that serving me, as you, as you said? But also, what's it costing me? Yes. To have this belief that my time is done, I'm 45, I'm on the scrap heap, like I'm on the downhills, but what's that costing me? And actually often getting in contact with what we what we have to what we what it's costing us. Yeah. It'll cost you that message that you have, Jane, yeah. not being out in the world. It'll cost you also that aliveness that comes with trying something and just fucking going for it and seeing what it's like. That's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's going to cost you maybe financial freedom that you actually know is possibly just there, but you're not going for all these. It's going to cost you, you know, regrets in 10 years' time when you just go, shit. Yeah. Why didn't I do that? So getting getting present to the cost of your mindset that's holding you back. Yeah can also be a way to start to choose one that works for you. Yeah, 100%. And that that was the next question that you asked. So how has it protected you and then how what's it holding back? And my list, you know, was about 20 things long. This 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 so it soon that 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 moment was enlightening, but but seriously it was a series of like five questions and it was so enlightening. Do you know what I mean? It was such a process that made me think, it stopped me in my tracks. And I came out the other side, you know, I think being better off for it, not necessarily, yeah, positive or negative mindset, as you said, but just being a better person and being able to move forward, I guess. So there's a bit of a story about kind of how it's affected me. Have you got any other stories of, of, of that you can share of how a mindset's really kind of transformed a person or a, or a situation? Well, I wrote one of the ones that I keep going back to is when I wrote my book, Unlikely Leaders. And, um, you know, I probably got 80% of it down. And then I just was dragging my, I was procrastinating something shocking. And then I thought, oh, you know, I need to like get better at my time. I would talk to myself in a very bad way, Jane, of like, you're just, you're just lazy, Kathy, and you just can't get organised, which is ridiculous because I was, I think I was Vice President of the Hunger Project at that point. So clearly, like, none of that was true, but what I was saying about myself. And I just wasn't getting it done. And then I did this process and I wrote down, I, then I thought, oh, my God, it's bloody mindset. Bloody mindsets are everywhere. And so I wrote down to earth it. It's like, I want to write a really good book, but and then often if you do this, if you're playing along at home, if you've got something you want to do and it's holding you back, just write down a sentence like, I want to, whatever it is, but. And then what follows the but is often a mindset. So I wrote down, I want to write a really good book, but that only happens to other people. And it floored me, Jane. I thought, wow, so what was actually dragging the heels on me finishing this book, which actually I really love? Mm. Um, was a belief that only other people could do this, not 
Kathy from Perth, little Kathy from Perth. And it was like a wow, like I didn't even know that I had that thought. So it's not something you can just get at to just by, you know, by it's like the head and heart thing again. And I was able to see like little Kathy and her feeling like she misses out on things and her family dynamic and looking at other families who seem to have it all together. Of course, as I've realized, no family had it together. Yeah. Um, but it was like, oh, okay. So then I questioned it. Is it is that true that I can't write a book and only other people can? And clearly it's not true because I'd never written a book. So and so then I just finished the book really quickly. So the the obstacle there was this this really buried mindset of only other people can do awesome stuff like that and not me. Yeah. And when I was able to like see it and go, oh, okay, right, yeah, this is, and so, you know, that mindset was protecting me from criticism and rejection and people not liking it and my own disappointment. But actually what it was costing me was, I had these stories of these women from villages that I wanted to share. I have had this experience that no one, very few people are able to have and I didn't want it to just stop with me. I wanted to let the world know that we're so much more capable of so much more than what we think we are and we can do this even with huge challenges. Like my message would not have got out there. That's what it would have cost me. And so then it was like I created a new mindset of choosing actually I'm a writer and every time I stopped to procrastinate, I'd go, okay, what would a writer do right now? A writer would be writing. And so then I just like finished the book. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. that's I love that story. I love hearing that story. And even just in terms of the effect and the impact, like that, that book, I'm sure you would have plenty of stories about how that book has impacted you and other people but even for me, reading that book led me to the Rising Program. But more importantly, reading that book led me to partner with The Hunger Project as a business and I'm now donating, you know, um, well, hopefully lots of lots of money, a minimum of, of, of $10,000 every year and then $500 for every single Academy member that, that jumps into my program. And that, for me, just brings me so much joy to be able to contribute I didn't I guess like that book brought me closer to the cause and I guess it it um showed me ways that I could show up in you know in ways that that could help people from across the other side of the globe because you'd done it and the stories that you told compelled me to go get off your ass Jane and do something about it from Australia you don't need to go on the business chicks immersive project to make an impact there are other things that you can do so there's there's a, there's something it would have cost if you hadn't have written it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very very quickly, what can we do to ritualize? What can we ritualize to help us incorporate? You know, well, I guess incorporate what we've spoken about today in terms of noticing mindset and then working around changing that mindset if we need to. Are there things that we can do? I mean, you've spoken a lot about questioning and being curious. Are there other things that we can do to that we can ritualise, even if we have to put it down on a post-it note somewhere to remind ourselves to to address mindset? What what could we do? I would um, think of the sequence and have it on a post-it note. In fact, I'll I'll send you a um, a PDF, Jane, and you, we can share that with your listeners. Oh, in the show notes, great. Um, about the mindset, the mindset process. So it's so simple, but firstly, notice, notice. Oh, what am I actually thinking? What am I actually believing about myself or this situation? And just start to notice it. Then, then question it. You know, in a way that you start to like. You know, it could be a question of, is this the best? interpretation is there another way I could think about this is this even true um and then you get to choose a new mindset like for me I'm gonna I'm a writer or for you I'm this and then take an action just like one action in in behalf of that mindset yeah so because it is every everything just has you need to you can't just don't want to have lots of insights that don't then translate to action yes so if you just think about that 
Um, I've got it like as a think of it as like a spiral. I don't know if you can see my thing over there, but notice, question, action, choose. I'll send it to you, Jane, and we can, yeah, and I'll have yeah. some notes down there. Um, yeah, so that's good. And with noticing, because we're so exhausted at the moment, one thing to notice is just how exhausted you are. And there's so simple ways to do that. One is just closing your eyes and then doing three really slow, deep breaths in and out and just noticing what you're noticing, the feeling of the chair on your bum or your feet on the floor or, and then get yourself present to what you're present to and then you can do whatever you need to do. But just mm-hmm. firstly being, no, being present to yourself is another key, yeah. something I do all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's some great tools because I can imagine that this conversation, you know, will will spur some interest in, in people kind of really wanting to address some of these mindsets that perhaps they have, you know, subconsciously just surpassed because life's so busy, as you said. And if people want to find out about you or this rising program, because that's another thing people might be interested in after this conversation, where can they find you? Yes, well, there's two things. One is my book on mindsets will be released at the end of November and that's got the entire process with lots of examples in it. So go to my website, which is kathyburke.com and that's B-U-R-K-E.com and Kathy with a C. And then with Rising, the, the I'm launching what's called Rising Circle, Jane, um, actually next week. And it's only going to be open till the end of November and then it won't be open again till next year. And it's a monthly coming together, supporting women supporting each other. I'll give some tools to, to us to keep growing and learning. And that's a really good sort of entry point into sort of like the philosophy, I guess, that, that I have around women and empowerment. And then there'll be a, a proper launch of the actual full rising program that you did, which is much more concentrated, more expensive and more intense, um, which will be sometime next year. But kathyburke.com is the place to go. Excellent. And if people want to grab hold of, so that's um, Mindset's coming out in November. And if people are interested in in Unlikely Leaders, is that um, on your website as well? Yep. Yep. Great. Put that on the website. Perfect. Love it. And I'll include a link to that in the show notes. Kathy, oh my gosh, I could speak to you all afternoon. That has just been such an enriching conversation. It's filled my cup for Friday. So thank you for joining us and sharing your beautiful insight. Thanks for having me, Jane. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. And remember, if you want to know how you can get some of this marketing happening in your own business, come and join me in my How To Do Marketing Academy Mastermind. It has been developed just for small business owners like you. Head to howtodomarketing.com.au. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 